Hello, this is Simon Lewis from Unshow.net, and this is If I Were Minister for Education. Hello, and you're very welcome to episode two of the Unshow.net podcast. And uh, this week, we're going to focus on funding um, and the differences, I suppose, between the different levels of education and how that works. Um, how we're going to format our episodes, um, if you were tuned into the last one, it was our first podcast, we had our topic to discuss. Um, but uh, I, I, from, from now, we're dividing our episodes into three parts. So if you want to get into the meat and bones of the actual topic, which is about equal funding for primary and secondary schools, um, have a look at the description, and we'll say where, uh, and we'll tell you where that starts. Um, particularly if you're listening to this in the future. Uh, at the moment, it is um, the first week in March, and uh, I'm going to go through some of the news uh, this week. Um, I'll then uh, go on um, to give some feedback and comments that were made about our first episode um, on uh, separating church and state uh, in the field of education. And uh, we'll move on then to our main part after that. And finally, some few, a few thoughts and a preview about our um, next episode, which will be uh, on your podcasting um, software or app um, next week. We'll start off, um, as we will do now from now on with uh, our uh, podcast, with the news that's been happening uh, this week. And um, it's been very interesting uh, this week. There's, I, I, I tend to, I get a kind of an RSS feed of uh, various news stories that mention education. So anything that kind of relates to primary education, um, I collect. Um, I publish it on uh, the onshaw.net Facebook page and with a few comments. Um, and here's just some of the stories that have come up. Uh, one of the more, uh, I suppose, amusing ones was uh, the head of um, Firstna Petrunica, I think. Um, uh, I think it was him anyway. He um, he was proving the point that Irish isn't actually badly taught at all. Do you know the way when you're in school? Well, most adults say oh, Irish is taught so badly, but apparently he's proved uh, that that isn't the case because uh, his argument is in the Leaving Cert uh, there are more high grades in Irish than there are in uh, other other languages, and it's pretty well 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 engaged well made argument. I, I'm sure, I mean it's not for me to say whether it's right or not, uh, but I thought it was quite funny. Um, it was written in the journal, um, and he basically proves you know Irish isn't actually badly taught at all, and he goes through all the points, and at the very end you, you look at the comments, and every comment is Irish is badly taught. Irish is badly taught you know Irish badly taught uh, so I don't think even with a strong argument anyone um, anyone really agreed with him um, my own thoughts really I, 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 I think Irish probably does need to be looked at as a subject um, to be taught uh, based on the fact that we don't use it very often in most parts of the country we need to be a bit realistic that's actually coming up in a podcast in the future so I might leave it at that um, in other news, uh, John Boyle has begun his, um, almost begun his tenure as our new general secretary. He's uh, stepped into the office um, and is going to be, I suppose, shadowing Sheila Noonan, who is um, sailing off into the sunset to possibly become an MEP. Uh, she's been selected by the Labour Party uh, to be the Labour candidate for Ireland South. Um, so there's uh, some INTO news there. Um, as well as that, um, in money news, um, ICD grants were released finally this week. €50 million Euro, uh, was granted to um, the Irish primary and secondary sector. Um, and um, I'll talk about that a little later in the podcast. Um, and also next week, 
um, because the topic is actually based on IT, I'm going to maybe give a few hints and tips um, about how you can actually spend your few thousand euro that you're probably going to get from the um, ICT grant. Uh, so hopefully that will be useful to you. And um, it's also Engineers Week this uh, this week. I, I kind of find this um, funny. I mean, there's a big the big thing is STEM at the moment. STEM STEM is everywhere. You got but we also but what we do is we separate. We have Science Week, Maths Week. Um, and we've engineering week there and technology week and some people like to add a bit an A in there for STEAM um, but uh, it w I wonder would it be interesting to try a, just a STEM or a STEAM week and um, five weeks out of a school year focusing on one thing could be, could be quite difficult and some of them get um, I suppose lost and I think engineering week might be one of those uh, that gets lost in the mix and um, they might have a chat to some of their uh, other acronym buddies uh, and create a bit of a STEM week, maybe they get a look in. Um, and I suppose, I, I, like last week, as I mentioned, um, the special education um, clusters are still um, going on. Uh, principals are still going around the country uh, trying to find, uh, trying to uh, sort of list the environment out there. They're trying, trying to match make with schools um, all, all the way to get a full-time post. Um, I don't know, I mean, I really, I just don't understand why why it's why it's happening. I mean, I I can't understand why the whole thing isn't computerized, where you're just basically given, um, you're matched up at schools, uh, that, um, you know that uh from by a computer algorithm of some sort, or even that the Department of Education just do it for you. They just tell you, look, and they'll come to me and say, right, Simon, you're going to team up with, you know, school Y up the road. Um, rather than me trying to find them and uh, and, and uh, it just makes no sense I mean the trouble really is that um, you know you can't just ring a school and say hi you know I'm looking for these hours and they'll say no I'm sorry I don't have them and then you put down the phone you have to kind of ring them ask them how they are how their family is how are things going on have a bit of a moan about the education system or whatever and sure you could be for every phone call you make and you could be making dozens of phone calls they're 15 20 minutes ago depending on how how friendly you are so while while this is going on i mean we, I, I don't know why we allow ourselves as principals i do i mean i, I know uh, many of you listening might be principals i mean I don't, know, I don't know how we allow ourselves to do this i mean we i i in some ways the fact that we do allow it to happen i, I suppose we get what we deserve but um, at the same time, we shouldn't be put in positions where we have to go um, run in dozens and dozens of schools to try and find tw 25 hours to make a post. I'm, I, I'll, I'll need, I need one hour and 29 minutes or something like that um, from another school. And, you know, I think I'm going to allow the Department of Education to find that for me because I, I just, I, 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 the, I don't know how you're going to do it. Uh, but anyway, that's... Um, that's the the sack cluster. The final piece of news, I suppose, a bit light, more lighthearted. Uh, I I noticed that uh, Finnegall Senator Jerry Buttermer has called for yoga to be taught in schools as a way of developing positive mental health among Irish pupils. And according to this report, um, it was in the Irish Examiner. Uh, Jerry Buttermer believes that yoga could give students the tools to cope with the strains of technology. That's, that's very positive, and boost their self esteem. Um, and and there was a poll in my in in the journal. The journal actually is an endless. Uh, kind of place for um doing polls and having comments and stuff i, I never really read it that often uh but um 64 of irish people believe that we should now be teaching yoga so um we can stuff that maybe into our sphe curriculum should we get half an hour a week uh, of sphe and should we only have to teach um rse walk tall stay safe uh, web safety um, and and sure this we'll throw in yoga as well now i know a lot of schools including our own do a bit of yoga um and but um 
I don't know. I don't know. It's it's it's. I thought it was a, a fairly amusing story, but good for you, Jerry Buttermer. I obviously um, a closet yogi, um, which is great. I mean, it's it's absolutely not a not nothing to be laughing at, but uh, uh, and very good that he's uh, he sees the benefits of it, which of course there are many. Um, our first episode. I was surprised that we got any comments uh, or any feedback on our last episode. Um, I, I'm and but the the feedback I got um, was really really interesting and something to think about. Um, so I want to go through uh, some of that. For those of you who didn't uh, who didn't hear the uh, last episode, we were taught we were taught. I was basically trying to argue that in the education system, primary education system, we need to finally separate church from state and um, I was really pleased to hear from um, a listener uh, called Kira and she um, she, she had a, a really interesting uh, point uh, which I which I'd like to uh, to read to you um, you can comment at the end of a, of a podcast either on directly on on shot.net or um, at, on the podcast page um, or even on our Facebook page um, so basically, she uh, said, uh, I, I talked about the, this uh, latest research in Galway, 95% of student teachers, this is today's student teachers, claimed that they were Catholic. Um, now, that's not a, uh, there's not a criticism. I just thought it was interesting that given the general population uh, of the country um, is uh, 80% or less than 80% Catholic, and that young people, though, I think, were even further, uh, a, a, a bit less than that. Student teachers, people who are aged between 19 and 21, are still saying on paper, without their mammies looking at them, that they're Catholic. Now, he's uh, Kira uh, said um, it was very interesting to see if we followed up with those same students uh, in 10 and 15 years' time when they'd have, have some experience really of living and working as adults, that would they would they kind of still claim that religious identity? Um, she claims religious identity is probably a residual thing uh, and they may have moved away from the religious parents, but the habit, you know, as, as I say, is hard to break. Um, she said she would have identified as a Catholic while she was a student teacher, even though she'd already stopped uh, going to Mass. Um, and it probably took her 10 to 15 years to say that she doesn't belong to a religion. 20 years on from her student days, she says she's completely comfortable to say this, even though she teaches in a Catholic school and her children go to Catholic schools, um, more so because there's no choice. I thought it was very interesting because I thought about myself as a student and I actually, um, when I, if I think back on it on the census, um, I, di- I didn't tick no religion, which is what I would tick now. Uh, I still, um, I think back in the day, they still had Jew- uh, Jewish on the um, census forms and I, I did tick that pretty much um, until my mid-twenties. So, um, yeah, I think it's a fair point um, and maybe it is something uh, to watch the space. But uh, thanks so much. And if anyone has any other comments um, or feedback on the podcasts, I'd be really delighted to hear it. So it's time for uh, our, the main part of our podcast. Uh, uh, if you skip to this bit, uh, we've um, gone through the news of the week and talked about our previous episode. And this this episode itself won't be as long as last week. Last week was about uh, just under an hour uh, talking about separating church and state. This week is a is a much simpler, um, I suppose, a, le- a less complex, let's say, um, tale of woe from from me. I'm um, I'm interested in why do secondary schools get more funding in every way than primary schools? And this is not to criticise secondary schools because I think they need every penny they get. But why do they get? Um, uh, why are they getting more than we are at, at primary level? And I just need to have a look at that. Uh, um, and hopefully, over the next um, 
you know, 20 minutes or so, um, I, I, I'm hoping to do this in about 20 minutes, we, uh, we can come to some sort of conclusions and maybe ask some questions and maybe blah, we'll see where it comes from. Um, I want to talk first of all about an education journey and talk briefly, you know, about a child's journey from preschool um, to university and how that's all funded. And I'm no expert now, as I say, on funding, but I, I, I've, I've done, just from my research, you're, you're kind of um, looking at the system, kind of wondering, how does it get like this? It's 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 very, very unusual. Like, for example, preschools. Um, I mean, up until recently, they were free-for-all, but I mean, um, in the last decade or so, they're, they're still generally private businesses, so they're they're not a public service as yet. And they get funding from, um, they don't get their funding from the Department of Education, they get their funding from the Department of Children and Youth Affairs. Um, I don't even know what the level of funding is, um, but I mean, my I'm looking at it, my child, my son is in a preschool, and I know um, like the, the staff there are paid next, I mean, well, not next to nothing, but more, almost next to nothing, minimum wage, uh, certainly close to that. And they're only, and a lot of them are only paid for parts of the year. They're not even paid um, for a full year because a lot of preschools will only open for the minimum amount of time that they're funded. And using the ECCE scheme, this early childhood uh, system, I, I don't know what the, the, the letters stand for, um, but the free childcare is only three hours a day and only for 38 weeks a year. And... That, I mean, apart from that, you know, they don't get paid. A lot of um, childcare workers, um, they end up having to go on the dole for the rest of the year, for like 14 weeks of the year. It, it's it's a very odd system. Um, I know a lot of preschools, you know, take in the ECC scheme, but they also run other private where parents will have to pay for the extra hours. That's what we do um, for our little man. Um, so it, it's, it's a very strange system, particularly, and it's it's known now as early years education so i mean it's and i'm almost everybody working in um the in the sector would have a degree in early child uh, uh early childhood and uh, and care so i'm uh, given given that i it seems fairly strange why they aren't you know i suppose um funded by the department of education paid by the department of education and paid similarly to um primary school teachers um, and secondary school teachers, um, but at the moment, anyway, there's still private businesses run by, um, run by, uh, I suppose, what would be known as, I suppose, loosely as entrepreneurs. But um, anyway, that's uh, preschool. Um, when you move into primary school and secondary school, you're funded by the Department of Education, um, so th- that's fine. And third level also by the Department of Education. So they become, they sort of become your employer because they pay you directly. But in the other way, the, 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 the mad way that our education seems to work because of the patronage system. Um, you can listen back to the last, last episode about that. Um, we're still private entities. We're not quite, we're not businesses, although we pay um we pay our bills like businesses but we are um we're just these private entities uh, that are funded by the department of education so kind of kind of strange i do feel sorry mostly for preschools because their their funding is so awful and then their work and the people that work there um are paid so little but i would suggest we're the second worst affected and because it's an area i know a little bit i i i, I know much more about um i guess than um than I would uh, the other sectors, I, I said I would focus on that. I kind of have to ask the questions really that if we were funded properly, because I mean, if you ask the Department of Education, they would say we have a free primary school system and every parent who has ever sent their child to a primary school, um, when they hear that sentence will either 
seethe with anger or laugh because it's simply not true um why um do schools have voluntary contributions and i say voluntary with um in, in inverted commas that you, you you know you're guilt tripped into paying you know up to five ten euro a week to keep your you know as a, as a contribution to the school to keep it to keep it uh, to keep the place heated or uh, lit or whatever um and why 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 are teachers constantly in fashion shows and who wants to be a thousand air competitions and um and begging for money at, at winter concerts um and, and i need to i suppose and then on top of that do you know when you do get money it's it's based on last year's enrollments rather than this year's enrollments which might not matter to a, a very developed school but um if you're a school that's growing from year to year um so you might have 100 pupils one year and then you have 120 pupils the following year you only get you're only getting the grant for 100 pupils in the year that you have 120 pupils all these kind of things we need to answer but what kind of money do schools get for those of you who aren't in ireland um you probably are wondering what what's all that what's this all about um if you're listening from the uk um you'll probably you'll probably uh, you have a totally different system in that you get you do get your money from the government but you also get uh, to pay wages and you get to choose, have a little bit of flexibility in in um how you pay that in, in ireland um wages are directly paid by the department of education to teachers and special needs assistants but not to caretakers and secretaries um, or bus escorts um, or cleaners. So um, what they do, what are the main money that you get uh, as a primary school uh, would be the capitation grant, which works out at 170 euro per pupil uh, per year and an ancillary grant, which is 157 euro per pupil per year. Now the capitation grant is used for all the bills and I'll talk about that in a second. And the ancillary grant is to pay the wages of your um, caretaker, secretary and cleaners, those 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 kind of things. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's 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 a small enough, um, it's a small enough, um, uh, enough amount of money. But what's um, I, I mean, I suppose what you what you have to uh, people might think, oh, that's that's not too bad. What what do you really have to buy, uh, using um your capitation grants? Well, you, um, you have the obvious. It's like the lights, the heat, the electricity, the phone bill, the insurance bill. You have to pay for your bins. Um, you have to pay for the rental of the photocopier. You have to pay for uh, any cleaning equipment. You have to uh, pay for your sewage system maintenance. You have to pay for your water uh, charges now that, that, that came in with no increase in our allowance. You have to pay for uh, the maintenance of your water rainwater system if you have one of those. You have to pay for the maintenance of your lifts. If you have a lift in your school, you have to pay for them. There's just so many maintenance costs and it really all adds up and it really isn't enough. There's just not enough money. If you look at a, a, a simple month uh, in an average size school, your electricity bill could be 500, 600, 1000 euro. Your electricity bill could be another 1000 euro. Your um, insurance is, is can take up 25% of your entire uh, annual budget. I mean, you know, a 16 classroom school could be anything up to 15, 16,000 euro a year, um, which is um, amazing when you when you think 170 euro per pupil. If you've got two, an average, you know, 300 pupil school, you can see there's a fair chunk of that gone. Bins are about 50 euro a month, depending on the school. Uh, phones, a couple of hundred euro a month. So, you know, it all, it all really adds up. And 
that's um it's not easy for a primary school but then yeah look next door to your local secondary school and the capitation grant in a primary school per pupil is 170 euro but next door in the secondary school they're getting 296 euro um per pupil per year and in the ancillary grant while in primary school we're getting 157 euro in the secondary schools they're getting at least 210 euro now I'm, I'm, i found it a little bit hard to analyze what they're actually paid but I, I'm, I'm going that like, with that as a minimum um there's lots of other grants that go to secondary schools that i, I uh, that i am um, i found and uh, i won't listen because it's kind of boring and i don't want to be divisive either I, i'll just focus really on the the discrepancy really between the capitation grant and the ancillary grant mainly uh, for the purpose of this so if you look at a school of 100 pupils so a primary school with 100 pupils there's a gap of 12 and a half thousand just over 12 and a half thousand in funding for the capitation grant alone and when you add in the ancillary grant it's nearly 18,000 euro 18,000 for a hundred pupil school that's how much more a secondary school gets um 18,000 euro more if you have an, a, an, a 500 pupil school it's almost a hundred thousand euro in a discrepancy i mean that's a huge amount a hundred thousand euro uh, that they that, that a secondary school has, has more to budget with in, in a fairly average to, you know big primary school but average primary, uh, uh, secondary school um and it, it just seems to make it makes no sense because the the actual um money for these two particular grants are for your bills like your utility bills and for your staff your cleaning staff and your secretary staff and if you've got the same amount of children in schools you you don't need any more it's not more expensive to heat a 13 year old as it is a 12 year old it's not more expensive um in terms of, i mean insurance isn't really that much more expensive depending on the on the school i would i would suspect um you get the same lighting and electricity it seems very bizarre and i i don't really understand why um a secondary school would automatically get more money um i mean it 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 it, it makes sense um only as far as preschools aren't even funded by the department of education primary schools are badly funded secondary schools i mean are better i'm not saying they're they're well funded but better funded and then third level is better funded again so you're actually but the department of education's theory seems to be that the older you are the more funding you should get um when all the research would say early intervention obviously is 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 the um is the answer so the i've asked uh, the department of education why uh, there's this discrepancy and they came back with some um to be honest it's a bit of a bullshitty response um you know around uh, the fact that they've they, they would have more teachers and smaller class sizes therefore to make up for that and they give um a higher rate because there's more uh, there's less pupils per teacher and it works it works out that way in terms of numbers of classrooms it just didn't make sense to me really the the size of the schools are the same i mean i i i go to a lot of secondary schools and you can see there's you know geez the the, the places are spotless um and that's not because the cleaners we have are aren't aren't any good we get the, they just have they have more money to spend on them so they they obviously can get the, the places uh cleaner they use the same type of staff um but anyway that's only one aspect you can just see it um but the thing is it's not just grants this is the bizarre thing that i find uh, when it comes to the discrepancy in primary and secondary school and um like look at sports facilities for example you open up a primary school any primary school that's been opened in the last 15 years 
not one pitch not one pitch not a football pitch not a what you get as a basketball court but not a football pitch open up a secondary school I mean there's, there's more pitches uh, there's there's more pitches than, than, <laughs> than I've seen anywhere else it's nuts I, I don't really understand um, why second, second level schools require more sporting facilities than primary level it, there's no reason for that and I, I'm just saying there's no reason for it um, and I'm not giving out about secondary schools I'm giving out about the government who aren't providing adequate facilities why would you not give why would you give a secondary school three or four or five or six uh, football pitches or sports pitches and give a primary school none it, it doesn't make sense but it goes it keeps going um, and I've been delving to this a lot and there's more there's I mean, the, the, the other aspect I'm going to look at because I don't want to go on and on because effectively this is the same argument over and over again uh, but looking at different angles but I do want to ask the question of why um, and I'm going to look at the last um, aspect of this really maybe um, uh, one of the last aspects of this um, is post responsibility it's another another very odd situation if you look at post responsibilities at primary level and second level and just compare the two i mean i'm looking at the second level it's, it's fairly confusing um to compare but I'm, I'm basing it on my reading i'm going to look at two comparisons a 10 teacher school uh, a 20 teacher school and a 30 teacher school just look at those comparisons and see what they look like so if you're in a 10 teacher school with your principal and deputy principal what you get is in a primary schools you get no a posts or uh, uh, now what they're called assistant principal one post so no assistant principal's post and one assistant principal two posts with the old b posts so you got one post of responsibility it is at second level you get an assistant principal one and an assistant principal two so you get an extra post of responsibility like the big one the assistant principal uh, position in a 20 teacher school it gets worse in a primary school you got one ap1 post and two ap2 posts so it's three posts whereas in a secondary school with 20 teachers you have three ap1 posts and four ap2 posts so you've seven posts of responsibility seven versus three for 20 teachers move on to 30 teacher school and again it's a similar story one AP1 one, one AP1 post um, and four AP2 posts for 30 teachers that's five for 30 teachers and in second level four AP1 posts and six AP2 posts 10 posts so double anyway you get the picture if I went up to 40 50 or whatever I don't really understand this um like why would secondary schools have double the management positions than primary schools it, 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 makes, it makes no sense again whatsoever but not only that if you're if you get this coordinate co there's, there's these special coordinator posts in, in secondary schools so you can coordinate a leaving cert applied program or a leaving cert vocational program or a transition year or the junior cert schools program you actually get up to six hours of admin time per week taken off taken off your actual hours so you, you actually don't teach for six hours and you can do admin work as well as your payments and that's and that's not included that so if you that's that's n not including a post of responsibility so you you can you can take this on without a post of responsibility but if it is your post of responsibility someone else can do um something else while you while you coordinate one of these tasks so you could have up to 24 hours free um well it's not free time but uh, administrative time i mean teaching principals in primary schools don't even get this like um and you know it's 
it's stunning. You know, you, you only look at these things and, and kind of on the face of it, it just, you know, I know people will excuse them away and say, oh, well, second level, you know, there's this, that and the other that has to be done. And I'm not actually giving out about secondary schools. Jeez, I'm, they're, 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 I mean, I, 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 what I'm, what I'm really giving, what I am giving out about is the why the Department of Education feel that this is okay to give so much less to primary schools. I'm not saying secondary schools sh- should have their stuff taken away because I, I know full well they don't get enough funding. I mean, I, I've seen their uh, letters looking for voluntary contributions. They still want them too, but and um, but there's something very very much amiss and i really i mean one of the questions i suppose from this podcast is maybe some people who are more enlightened might tell us why um as i said to you there um at the start of the podcast the ict grant came in this week and this is another another situation I, again i don't understand why secondary schools would get more money for the ict grant than primary schools primary schools get 39 euro 89 cent per pupil um as part of the ict grant whereas secondary schools get another 11 euro um, per pupil so 50 euro so basically for a 250 people school um you're getting an extra two and a half grand by being in a secondary school uh, which is cost of an interactive whiteboard these days you know so i mean again i'm not trying to take away what the secondary schools get i just don't understand why they just by default get more i mean technology is ubiquitous now it is it's just like a normal resource in any or a normal um piece of hardware is just normal for any any school you, you don't need any more in a, in a secondary school than you would in a, in a primary school and uh, my understanding is that the, these days that uh, a lot of um secondary schools that have embraced uh, technology in a big way and um, a lot of the families are funding their own ipads or tablets for learning so i i don't really understand what what why, why the, this on top of um, they get more in their grants um, than a primary school and, and all this really is before we get onto the anomaly of pay um, yeah I mean if you look into it secondary school uh, secondary school uh, at some in some level secondary school teachers um, get paid more than our primary equivalents and that my friends is probably though for another episode <laughs> Anyway, I think everybody agrees, just to summarise, early intervention is absolutely necessary. Um, you look at preschools and you see the funding and you're just going, yeah, well, you know, this really goes to show. Um, you know, they're, they're generally in, in, a, in a converted house, probably not particularly designed well uh, for uh, the learning opportunities for children. They make the best of, of a house. They don't get funded by the Department of Education. They get badly funded uh, by 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 um the department of children and youth affairs i mean and then you go on the other extreme at third level and i mean i'm just just to give you an example i play soccer at a local college uh here in in color in carlo and every time i go i just can't help i wonder why am i going why do i go to um a college um to play to play soccer why, why like as a, a member of the, i'm not saying that um i should be going to my local primary school to have my my Five aside, uh, football match in the evening. Or I'm not even saying our primary schools should all have astroturf pitches like third level uh, institutions. But I'm looking at the obvious inequalities in the facilities. Like, I mean, geez, if I need to go to the toilet even before I play my football on the astroturf and the co- like, the college is open at nine o'clock at night. There's several people still working. Um, I mean, you know, and they're and they're all being paid. Uh, I, I I would assume. Um, and 
when I'm in there, I can see there's several sports halls. There's not just the one, there's loads of them. There's loads of changing rooms. I mean, and, and the bit I get into is only a tiny little part of the building. Um, and I've heard like, you know, they these small projects that they, they run, you know, the million euro projects, ah, it's only a small project. You're like, well, I mean, a million euro is probably, you know, years and years and years of what I, I don't even think we, we get a million euro in capitation grants um, within a career. Um, I mean, however, you know, maybe third level, you know, is a level in itself and, you know, maybe maybe that's what it takes to run it and maybe that's 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 the right way. Again, I'm not saying primary schools should be funded as, uh, you know, to the level of third level because obviously um, we'd be bankrupt. Um, but what I can understand is the level of inequality really uh, between the sectors. So it's so, the big sectors, like particularly between primary and secondary um, across the whole system, I can't really understand why secondary schools work off a much higher budget in terms of their bills. Um, and maybe it's because the Department of Education know the parents are going to prop up the shortfall with fundraising because the younger, I suppose, children are, the theory is that parents will um, be more charitable. Um, but then, having looked at looking at that, you still see that secondary schools have voluntary contributions which have even uh, stronger quotation marks so obviously things aren't great there but then all i know um is the younger you are in this country it seems to be the worse off you happen to be i don't know i hope um this uh episode uh, i i mean i suppose it's um it's it's about money money isn't the most exciting in the world but i hope it's asked a few questions uh, about the these discrepancies between um primary and second level um i wonder if the department of education have a justification for why there's such discrepancies and maybe there are some second level teachers who might be listening to this who might be able to shed some light on why the discrepancies are there maybe there's some primary school uh teachers here who might know uh why maybe there is a very good reason i just don't know what it is and i'd love to find out we're gonna after this we're gonna have a look at what's on next week's show Right, we're back um, just to preview next week's show very quickly. Um, basically, next week's show is called Fund ICT Properly. Just don't make it part of Minor Works. That's a working title. I'll get something snappier next week. Um, it's linked with the ICT grant, um, basically um, by some <laughs> uh, trick. Um, uh, the, the if you want to maintain your IT equipment it now comes out of your minor works um, which is very interesting the minor works um, grant is a grant that's paid well sometimes paid or well uh, more often than not is paid to schools uh, and uh, more about that another time uh, to fix any like small problems that are happening in a school um, when IT became a thing or uh, you know a major thing in schools you would obviously have thought the minor grants uh, would have gone up um, but no it didn't um, we're going to talk about uh, technology for new schools um, the ICT for that uh, what would you and also what should we be spending our money on I, I've a background in technology and education and I, I, I'd be very happy to be sharing what we should be spending uh, any grants that we're getting which uh, would have come in this week and what should we spend on that that's next week uh, I need to ask though where where's the advice where's the advice coming from where's um what what about this digital framework uh, framework is it is it uh, is it worth its salt and we'll also look at some interesting things um in the world of technology where money is coming from uh, including cluster groups uh, which are an interesting development from the department of education anyway that's it for this week uh, thanks so much for listening and um, i'm looking forward to seeing you for episode three next week uh, thanks very much and goodbye <laughs>